Welcome everybody to a new episode of the virtual podcast. With me here today is Roche Singh from Unit 9. Hi. Hi there. Hi. So thank you for joining us. Uh, So tell us a little bit more about who you are and how do how you end up in the immersive space yeah that's an interesting question i mean it's not that interesting who i am my name is roche singh i am managing director of uh, unit nine the question about how i ended up in the immersive world is an interesting question i I was thinking about this recently when i was talking to um, a friend of mine and he asked me a very interesting question that i didn't really know the answer to which was when did you first become aware of augmented reality or XR? You know, what was the first campaign you saw that really, or the first execution that you saw that really engaged you? And for the life of me, I couldn't think of it. I couldn't think of what the one thing that drew me in was. And I was going back five years, six years, eight years. And then it struck me, right? The first time that I really, really saw AR and it really hooked me, was where it was years, years, and years ago. It was watching Terminator 2, <laughs> and it was the scene where Arnie comes in to the bar, and he's got the heads-up display that's scanning everyone, the scene just before, you know, I need your clothes, your blo- whatever, your motorcycle. That was the first time I saw AR, and that scene viscerally stuck with me throughout my life. And I think it's very interesting, because that's the first time I was ever aware that that kind of technology was ever available could have ever exist and we're still trying to get to that point now you know science fiction and the reality are converging but they've not really converged to that point yet so how did i end up here i guess a curiosity (laughs) from a young age um of you know what technology is and what it means and you know my career has meandered through different kind of cultural um, elements from film to music. I ran a record label when I was um, younger. I wanted to be a talent agent for some reason when <laughs> I was very young. Um, I guess I thought that was the person I was, and actually, I'm not that person. I'm actually a lot nicer than that. Who knew? <laughs> um, and you know, I I kind of fell on the technical side of things really by accident. Um, th- there was a, a crux in my life where I had a couple of good job offers. Um, and I also had a trip to New York to spend three months with some friends and I turned these job offers down. I went and lived with New York with my friends, had a great time, came back, neither of those jobs were there and I couldn't get a job for six months. And it was, you know, a very depressing time. I had to go live with my mom again and it was kind of, you know, a, a lot of soul searching. And then my sister came to me and said, she said she worked in email marketing at the time and she said, um, there's a job at my place. There's one caveat. It is, um, the job is basically coding HTML5 and CSS email templates. And that's your background, coding. Well, no. <laughs> I had not done a single piece of coding in my life up until that point. Okay. It's the first time. So I, um, my brother-in-law was a web developer at the time. I sat down with him for a whole weekend and I crammed and I crammed and I crammed. I learned enough in those 70, 72 hours to be able to go interview for the job, get around to the second um, second part of the interview, which was a, a technical test, did the test, scraped through, and then that was my job from then on. And that was in email marketing. And from there, that kind of evolved into the more strategic side of marketing, away from the technical side, but still with this eye on 
you know, technology. And, you know, my dad was in technology. He was an engineer. He used to make um, kind of autopilots for, for boats and robots. And we had computers from a, a very young age. So that was always in the back of my head. Um, and then, you know, I kind of went through the sphere of marketing through the music industry, doing the email marketing and digital marketing campaigns, and then into advertising. And um, I basically found a love for applying technology and creativity to solving brands' problems. I, I found it incredibly fun. I thought it was a great challenge. And the things that we were building were just crazy. And I still then, when I first got on this path that, you know, that I still am now, was about 12 years ago, um, maybe 10 years ago. And still to this day, I have to pinch myself and think people are paying me to do this. <laughs> and like, the kind of things that we get to that I've been able to do in my life have just been amazing. And I think that curiosity and that application of technology and creativity to try and solve problems within the advertising space has always, um, since that moment, um, kind of compelled me. That's the best recipe, in my opinion, technology and creativity. Absolutely. Yeah. So unit nine, how did you end up there or... Can you pitch the company like an elevator pitch, for example? Yeah, so Unit 9 is an innovation-focused production company. So we're not an agency, we're a production company. We build things um, and we are solely focused around um, delivering, as I said earlier, solutions, experiences for brands, mainly using um, technology and creativity to tell a story. Um, and that that manifests within various different verticals. So we have a, a, a big part of our offering, which is films. Um, and that is everything from 360 video back in the day, all the way through to um, TVCs, feature films, animated content, you know, B2B um, content as well. Um, and that kind of makes up our film side. But we also have on the other half of our business, which is almost a legacy part of our business is um, roots and innovation. So it's understanding the new technologies and the new ways that we can build experiences for brands, utilizing that technology to, to the best of its ability. So our key areas of strength will be around kind of digital technology. So at the moment, we're utilizing a lot of AI skills. Um, we have a big technical department within our business. Um, we also um, you know, have been involved in the immersive world for, for, for quite some time now, seeing the various different evolutions of, of how immersive looks within the brand world. Product design is a big part of what we do um, and also experiential marketing. And really what, what connects us is when we get to mix those th things together. So when it's a bit of film, a bit of AI um, and a bit of immersive coming together in an event, that is a perfect Unit 9 project. And we're lucky enough to be able to work on, um, you know, a, a, a lot of these projects that... Um, you know, that the, the tick a lot, a lot of the boxes. Um, yeah, I guess if to give you some examples of recent work we've done within the immersive world, um, recently we um, developed the world's first 5G-enabled dress on the red carpet of the BAFTAs, um, the British Academy of Film and Television Awards. I, yeah, yeah. I made that acronym up. Um, I, it's probably not, doesn't stand for that. But basically it was a dress designed by a very famous dressmaker um, embedded with lots of sensors and a real-time stream. So we're tracking Maya Jammer, who was the talent, um, a live choreo choreographed performance um, and layering um, AR content um, on top of her um, in real time um, on um, the red carpet. Earlier last year, 
We did a augmented reality documentary around the moon landing. So using all of the JFK Memorial yeah. um, archival footage, built six mini games. You could launch the rocket either from a tabletop in your yeah. front room or from your back garden, or you could go to the library site itself where we threw an event and you could launch the rocket in real time. And you'd visualize it on its way to the moon and we'd intersperse that with a lot of um, the archival footage. And so it was a documentary and what I really like about that is it ticks a lot of boxes for me for what um, AR especially should do. It's kind of magical. It's an experience that money can't buy because it's happened, right? And seeing that rocket launch is something that only a few people get to do. So it gives you an invitation to do that. Wasn't that together with the news newspaper that you did that? No, they're, they're, that, well, that wasn't our one. Ours was with um, the, um, the JFK library. Okay. There was a couple of experiences um, that went live around that um, uh around the centenary, um, but this one was specifically around the library, so it was all about okay. the documentary footage. So you're based in um, London, Berlin, Amsterdam? Yeah. Not yet LA? Amsterdam. Okay. So our offices are London, um, is our main headquarters. We've got uh, a big office in LA as well. We have a little satellite out in Berlin. We have our technical About half of our technical department is based out in Wuj in Poland. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have various people scattered um, uh, across the world. Basically, we can service the whole of the globe, yeah. probably bar Australia, if I'm and, honest. And, and the fact that you're based in those cities, is that because you work with the ad agencies or do you work directly for the customer? For the That's an interesting question. Um, you know, I, I would say um, we, about 50-50, ad agencies and client direct, They bring different things to us um, as a business. I think we're, because we're not an agency, we don't have a huge client servicing department. Everyone is laser focused on making things within Unit 9. Um, so obviously direct client relationships require a lot more um, client services, which obviously puts a strain on our business and it diverts our attention away from actually making what we want to make. That said, we love the direct client relationships that we have because they pull us into different areas that we never would have got into previously. And that said, we love our agency relationships as well because, you know, the way I the way I put what we do is what we are really good at is convincing clients or agencies that something is possible. And what an agency is really good at is convincing a client that something is a good idea <laughs> and it should be something they do. We, that's not what we do. We tell you that it can be done and the agency tells the client, this is why you should do it. Yeah. And that, that, um, that kind of network and that relationship between us as a production partner the agency and the client work so well. Okay, cool. Um, talking a little bit more about XR now, um, are you a big believer of the medium? AR, of course, you were, you were already talking about it, VR. Do you believe that the hype is gone or does it all, all have to start? I, I would say we're still in a, in a period of intense hype. And, you know, I would say I, I define hype as where expectation far outweighs reality. Yeah. I think that's my definition of hype. And I think that is caused by the fact that The average education level of most people outside of people in the industry is not high enough for people to be able to critically think about what they're seeing, to be able to understand what are the benefits and what is the, the you know what is the realistic outcome of what they're watching on LinkedIn or the YouTube video they've just watched. I feel there isn't a, a base level of knowledge for people to be able to look at something and go actually that looks like it might be a CG render and not actually real or to apply their knowledge to say, actually, I know that's an app based experience because they're doing it on an iPad. It's not web AR. I think there's a lot of confusion out there. So I would say 
we're still in a period of hype. Will we get out of it? Absolutely. How long will it take? I have no idea. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I think it's more the hype is, is more uh, for AR than for VR because I think it's 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 less uh, it's more difficult to um, to have seamless AR experiences these days than 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 with VR. Yeah, the the interesting thing about hype, and I, I can probably speak to this from an advertising perspective because I mean, in the ad world, what do we do but hype things? Right, that, this is what we're good at. Um, and we're really good at it with technology. I think what we tend to do is we latch on to a technology when it's embryonic, when it's cool, when no one else has heard of it. Right? A lot of people in the industry want to be the first people to tell a client about something. Yeah. And we wax lyrical about the benefits of you know, the technology and how it's going to change what they do and how it's going to change consumer behavior and experience and all that kind of thing. What we don't do as an industry, and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying Unit 9, what, what the industry doesn't do is educate the client on what the shortfalls of the technology are. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, again, we're at this um, differential of expectation versus reality, um, and the client pours a lot of money into it. They see it go live, and they are underwhelmed, disappointed by the experience, not knowing not being told or educated that they're actually using a technology that's three or four, maybe 10 years away from actually actual maturity. And then they see it, they've spent a lot of money on it. And rather than the industry saying, actually, do you know what? We were using the technology too early. They blame the tech. So VR is useless, it's rubbish, whatever. And they move on. Yeah. We're not very good at looking back and going, actually, do you know what? <laughs> we made the mistake. It's not the technology's fault. Technology is a technology problem. It will get better over time. Maybe it was because we didn't design the experience in a great way or we didn't make the content in a way that didn't make people feel sick. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like we are in a, you know, the VR hype has come and it's gone and everyone's written it off, but it will come back. It will probably come back slowly. Yeah. The AR, we're in the same position, I think. So are you talking now from a from an ad agency perspective or just because I got the feeling that Enterprise XR is taking off right now? Enterprise is definitely where the value is in um in AR, I think I, I have, um, I guess, three areas where I think, well, the three things that AR needs to deliver on. I think it needs to be magical. I think it needs to deliver, a, as I said before, an experience that money can't buy. I think it needs to be valuable. It needs to have utility um, and it needs to be memorable. So it needs to use technology to create an experience that embeds itself in long-term memory. Um, I think Within enterprise, the easiest thing to do is to provide utility. And it's an easy win and it makes perfect sense. You don't need the highest fidelity of experience. You just need it to provide value to the people using it. So, you know, if we look at, from a Unit 9 perspective, we were very early on in the development of, um, you know, the first wave of VR in the branded content world. We saw it rise and we saw it fall (laughs) almost as quickly. Yeah. Our attention then um, turned to the enterprise um, world. So we've been investing in um, exploring how to utilize immersive technologies in the enterprise space ever since then. Um, and really, we, we have a division called U9T, which is all about the technology side of our business and how to apply that um, to enterprise. So I'd say from an advertising perspective, we're still riding the crest of that hype wave. I think from an enterprise um, level, we're probably reaching maturity where people are understanding how to use technologies to create useful applications, which mm-hmm. I think is one of the most important things. Yeah, yeah. talking about 360 video, um, I've, I've noticed on the website, 
of Unit 9 that you had a, a showreel of 2015, 16. Uh, there wasn't one of 17 and 18. That's probably because the the, the hype was, was gone. But Absolutely. do you think, uh, because there's a lot of uh, skepticism on 360 VR in, uh, in the industry because it's not VR or it's not that immersive enough, do you think that that medium is already dead and gone? Yeah, I mean, look, if, if I go back to my three, those three things again, if I use my own rules to um, to, to grade it, is 360 video useful? Is it magical? Is it memorable? I'd say after the second time you've seen one, no, I don't think it is any of those three things. And you know, I'm not saying this is gospel. This is the way I think about it. I would say it's probably, it probably doesn't have that much value um, mm. going forward. Are there uses for it? Absolutely. I mean, it would feel to me that it it may not be the future of what we do. I Personally, I don't think it leverages the strengths of the technology. I don't think it is immersive enough to be you know the future of, uh, of what we do and the future of how we ingest content okay some other um applications i see you you uh, unit nine is doing a lot for consumer brands so a lot of work for consumer brands is immersive and experiential content the future of offline retail yeah the retail space is very very interesting we're we're incredibly passionate about um experiential retail um we do a lot of work with nike around this we've done um, a great campaign with um, a great installation and with for, for samsung around this and it's something that is really close to our heart personally i think that if you look at the way retail is going i think no matter where you are no matter what touch point you are um you're interfacing with retail is no longer just purely transactional if you're going to if you are going to be purely transactional retail, you're going to get beaten by Amazon or similar, right? Yeah, you know, there is there is a place in this world for the kind of pile them high, you know, stack them high, let them fly retailers, and that may be bricks and mortar, or it might be online, the likes of Amazon or kind of you know the WalMarts of this world. I think if you want to compete outside those, you've got to deliver an experience, and I think what we're seeing more of, and you see this in in mainstream advertising now, is that the experience is more important than telling people about something. And, you know, the, a really nice phrase that gets used internally um, is point of sale has now become point of experience. It's where you first interact with that brand or is the experience you have with that brand that becomes um, the currency that you go out and, um, uh, and, and spread. For me, it feels like a purchase should have a story behind it. Um, I, I use Nike again um, because obviously they're, they're fairly top of mind for us. Um, you know, they do this really well on um, online and offline. I think for the offline, we did a, a campaign and with them where to revolutionize the shoe trial experience, shoe trial experience, we um, got people to put the trainers on. We scanned a picture of their face in 360. We turned their, their, their face scan into a little 8-bit character. They put the trainers on, jumped on the treadmill, yeah. and they ran on the treadmill to control the game, right? And then we shared with them a video of them playing the game, and then in Dubai, we actually printed a, a T-shirt with it, right? Many people then went on and bought the trainers afterwards. For that person, if someone says, hey, man, nice, nice trainers, they don't just go, thanks, I bought them in Nike Town. They go, oh, my God, you should have seen this thing that Nike were doing. I put these trainers on, they scan my face. Let me show you the video, right? It adds a story to it. Same as with, um, you know, the custom Nike ID on the website. That's not just, hey, I like your Air Max. It's, 
I like your Air Max. Yeah, great. I made them myself on Nike ID. You should have seen the version that I didn't buy, right? It turns it into a story. I think anything that can help us create an experience that has a story and that has value as a narrative um, around it is incredibly important for the retail space. And I think immersive is a, is a great way of doing that. I think the issues are currently, if you're talking about VR throughput, getting people in and out of these experiences still is fairly difficult. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, whatever we can do to make that experience as engaging and as immersive as possible, I think will help evidently sales. And how about online? So will uh, immersive experiences XR impact the online uh, shopping as well? Yeah. Did you see when Apple launched the AR AirPods? The world went crazy, right? So it was it was web AR. So on the on the shopping page of um, you know Apple.com on the Apple Store, you could you know you could scroll through what the AirPods looked like, or you could launch in AR. And you basically there was it wasn't tracked to any surface. It was you just placed it in your room, and you can make it as big or small, and you could rotate it. The world went crazy, right? And it's super simple. It's just you know a CG model of the AirPods in AR, and people loved it. I think anything that you could, the, anything you can do to make that experience more engaging, as I said, I think is a good thing. The problem is that those things are based on novelty. If you see it yeah. once, yeah. it's great. You see it twice it's less great and you see it yeah. the third time you'll ignore it and then you got to try and do the next thing that's not to say that's not the right thing to do but you know it's it's it'll, it becomes harder the, the the longer you leave it yeah I, th I think that we get bored so fast these days that it's 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 getting much more difficult for ages uh, for studios like unit nine to be um yeah just amazing and do awesome things isn't it yeah i would say that I think actually it's, it's, it depends. It depends how you think about it. There, it's easy. It's not easy. It's, it's highly achievable to create new experiences. It's not achievable to recreate the wheel every time you do it. You know, every idea is an amalgamation of a thousand other ideas all pulled together if the insight is there and if the experience is true to the insight and the output, you know, has value to the people and it creates wonder and it, you know, it, it does create lasting memories with people. I think there are, there are almost an infinite amount of things you can do. You know, the technology, technology is progressing, but the technology really isn't the, the point It's the experience that we create off the back of it. And I think, you know, the, the intersection of the different brands, the different briefs, the different problems, the different technologies, all those things combined, I think the combinations are almost limitless. Okay. So um, I think we have to wrap it up because we are now here Tuesday in Amsterdam at the ISE XR Summit and we have to be on stage We're together about to in be on 15 stage, right? minutes, <laughs> I guess. So thank you very much for this very interesting conversation. And yeah. Thanks, Peter. Okay, thank you. Cheers. Bye.